Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another very, very special edition of Star Sound Speaks. I'm your host, Irliana Samsra of Star Sound Astrology, and we are back for part two of our amazing epic Sag adventure with Erin <laughs> Reese. Hello, Erin. Thank you for jumping back in. <laughs> um, I have to say, uh, of all the um, podcasts I've ever done, I, I'm just going to launch, right? I mean, we already set up this. If you haven't watched part one of my interview with Erin, please um, go ahead and watch that. We set the stage for Sag season, but I feel very strongly, really, really divinely directed by Kali Ma, divine mother who is slaying ignorance and ego. I'm feeling very directed to just jump right into this deep dive with all things Sag, spirit, your spiritual journey into India. So you're going to be hearing direct experience from Aaron. Um, and I, I have a million questions. So we're trying to fit it into a normal amount of time. Ha, silly me. <laughs> I think just, um, you know, what I, I just, what I was bringing up in the previous episode, Aaron, was this um this desire that you have which is like bigger than you know this desire to know one's truth and you going to india to i don't know how to say, find yourself and to to mm -hmm. discover whatever that it is and you know how that just it seemed like it completely consumed you and i don't think anybody could ever i've never i want to go to india but i don't think anybody could ever go to india and not be i mean unless you were like some tourist on like a tourist bus i don't know it mm -hmm. seems to me that when you go in at the depth that you do, it's like you just, you're, it's, it, it consumes you. Yes, that's true. And that's something that um, I, I make a differentiation in the new book that's coming out, uh, Bindi Girl 2, about the difference between tourism and traveling. First of all, there's a big difference between being a tourist and a traveler immersing oh. yourself into a culture and allowing the culture to have its way with you versus the other way around where you're just sort of shopping window shopping and taking photos and collecting stamps on your passport so that's the first thing so we have tourism and then we have traveler and we have adventure and then we have wandering and we have complete surrender to a place to india and it's not for everybody i mean Honestly, um, the level of travel, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, five years altogether, I, I uh, between in the 2000s, um, it's a calling. It's a calling for those who are really, um, it's necessary to leave everything behind. That's not for everyone. I mean, I, rec I think that someone can go to India for two weeks and get what they need, a month, three months, six months, or it might be 10 years or 20 years. That's basically between you and your own soul. But she will hold on to you, India, Mother India, as long as she needs you there to have her way with you. And if you're smart, you let her. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, if you're smart, you'll let her with everything in the life, right? Right. Everything. Right. That's the point. And it just depends on, I think, um, and I know that Eckhart Tolle and others have talked about this in Great Saints and Sages, like the gift of suffering. What is the gift of suffering? Yes. The gift what is of the suffering gift of is, suffering? Yeah, the gift of suffering is to bring you to your knees. The gift of suffering is to realize your own powerlessness and your own total 100% humility. You're making me cry. Oh, my God. And you said something before we got on the podcast. Um, by the way, I just 
I want to briefly just just go into the mundane for just a moment here and share the screen. Um, I want to show people what these um, the books look like that we're talking about here. The, this is um, Bindi Girl, the diving deep into the heart of India. This is already on Amazon. Bindi uh, Truth Seeker, which is like very much long dark night of the soul, a spiritual adventure of love, loss, and liberation. And now this new one coming out is. Um, Bindi Girl 2, more adventures in that didn't make it into the first book. So um, surrendering to the soul of India. So I just want to, you know, shout out, this is what you want to be looking for um, and like that. But anyway, if I can now- Juliana, did you want to pull up the, the the covers for the other two or just oh. leave it on the Bindi Girl? Oh, oh, you couldn't, I'm sorry. You couldn't, I'm not very good with tech. So yeah, let me show yeah, me you. neither. Oh, not with the screen share. <laughs> All right. So there's Bindi Girl and then there's Truth Seeker came out next. And this is what that looks like. Perfect. Can, can right. everybody see that? Okay. And yeah, yeah. beautiful. Of spiritual adventure of love, loss, and liberation. And then the third one, thank you for calling that to my attention. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to quit my day job. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, the third one is uh, Bindi Girl two which is over here and here she is um i love it's so beautiful what you've done there it's adorable thank you <clears throat> so um yeah so there's bindi girl two surrendering to surrendering to the soul of india and that'll be available what in about a month or two you're going to have that on um probably january or early feb at the latest and i'm thinking she's going to be an aquarius okay she's in, yeah give her an aquarius birth time so, yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. I just mm -hmm. love those. The covers are so beautiful. Uh, I'm so captivated by these books in a way that I have not been captivated in a very, very long time. And that's why I just felt so guided to have you here. Um, anyway, getting back to our deep mystical rabbit hole, um, you had said something before we got on the podcast about spiritual seeking. Mm -hmm. That if you're a spiritual seeker, you, how did you say it? You're suffering, something like that. Can you can you talk about that? The seeking is the suffering. See, yeah, we, we want to take a minute to, I, I, you know, even saying that, right? You, yeah, you can feel it. It goes in pretty deep. So, there are many different things to say about that. Um, the simplest way to see that the seeking is the suffering is to see obviously that you're seeking for something outside of the self of what is actually here. And that creates separation, which is another definition of suffering. There's something outside of this. So, for many people, and this kind of goes into a segue into this dark night of the soul theme that you and I mentioned last time. Um, the suffer or the seeking goes on for as long as it lasts. It lasts as long as it lasts. It lasts as long as it lasts. That's the one's destiny. So it will stop when it stops. When I first got on my spiritual path, I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I wish I 
had this information when I was like 14 or 15 years old, I would, I would have saved myself so much heartache. It's kind of too bad that I waited, you know, it wasn't until I was what, 28 or whatever. Yeah. It was right out of the Saturn mm -hmm. turn. So, but it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but it, it, no, it was all, of course, you know, I knew that it was all perfect, but the seeking. Yes, of course you knew it was all perfect. Right. And so oftentimes what happens is there can be a neurotic continuing of the seeking and what actually calms the soul or the, the body mind down is the presencing of being in the moment of realizing of the true realization, the embodied realization that there is nothing outside of this. And now it's gone. And that's gone too. There's nothing outside of this. Yeah. And, and there's a relaxation, a relaxation into that, into that, which is never not here. It's a, it's a double negative. Yeah. It's such a trip. It is a trip. It's, it's a trip and it feels darn good. Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good? Liberating. To, yes. It's liberating. Absolutely liberating. And I just want to laugh like the whole. Yes. <laughs> like, this is yes. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It is a joke. The whole thing is a big freaking And the more serious people are about it, the more, the louder I laugh. Like it's, it's like great. <laughs> oh my God. Who made this up? Ah, we uh -huh. <laughs> It's the ever effulgent self. It's the ever unfolding self of which we are not separate, you know. And the other aspect of, of the suffering is that's again very simple is this idea of separate doership, of separate self-will. Separate self-will that somehow I am doing something. It is all being done. It is all happening simultaneously, of which we are a part of. And there's a, once there's a hundred percent apprehension of that, a hundred percent understanding of that, there is a relief. And the irony of it, or the paradox of it is that one still continues to live one's life as if there is separate free will, ah, as if we are doing things. That's the joke. Right. That's like, the Bhagavad Gita. Right. Like there, and, and to translate that into more vernacular, it's like if you, if you, um, if you think something like if you think you're in control of things, tell God your plans or something yes. like that. You know, there's that exactly. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Or tell her. Your, <laughs> tell her. Tell your. Tell her plans. your plans. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. It's just. I remembered, yeah, yeah. Sheesh. There was something I it slipped my mind, but I was gonna say something about um get you know yeah, the the first thing is that I just laughed, you know, like the whole it just everything just makes you laugh. Like you, uh -huh. you get, yeah. Yeah. Ah. It is it's a joke, it's hilarious. And there's a it's a movie. It really is a movie. And that doesn't mean it's sort of like when we go into the theater and we immerse ourselves in watching Avatar or Terminator or 
Black Panther, whatever it might be, we feel viscerally everything that's going on on the screen. It's it's what we pay money for at the movies, you know, to have that experience. Yeah, immersion. Yeah. To remember that it's part of the movie. And yet we are both, it's it's also the joke because we are we are totally trapped in the movie as well. We are both free and trapped. We are destined to experience whatever we are destined to experience for as long as we you know, are incarnate. And there is the possibility of realization in this lifetime. It doesn't have to be any, it's only right now. It can only happen now. There is the possibility to see through that and then to feel a great sense of relief, a great sense of relief, a great sense of relief. And that's the end of suffering. That's one definition of the end of suffering. You said that three the times. The magic three times. The end of seeking. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And for me, it's it's also very important to see, and this goes into what you and I mentioned regarding the dark night of the soul, is the end of the identification, the end of the egoic identification. So the ego is sort of this, this point in time and space that, you know, thinks that it's Aaron or Irliana and doing things that it did but it's sort of like you know Ramana Maharshi talks about it as like um you know if you have you ever seen a burnt rope it looks like a snake but it's actually just ash you can't pick anything up so it's kind of useless like the ego is just sort of bouncing around like an old vestigial tail and it's still you know but it doesn't really create any problem because this the um the soul, if you will, has has is so dropped into the self with the big S that it it doesn't um, have an identification anymore with what is happening. It's mm -hmm. not identified, and that process is um, the 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 dissolving of the identification with the persona or the self image can be very painful. It can take it can take a while for those structures to kind of crack and melt, you know, and that that's one part of the dark night of the soul. It can be very painful because there's nowhere to turn. You're like a like a snake with no skin. Mm. And I think when you say that, I think about mental illness and what we're about people perceive to be mental illness. And right now, as you know, in our country and in, in the, you know, the whole Western world, going through enormous, um, I mean, certainly in this country, the opioid crisis and mental illness at an all-time high, and uh, the number of people who have committed suicide went, you know, skyrocketing during the pandemic, and all of that, you know. And Jupiter now we have Jupiter twenty-eight, just about to go final degree twenty-nine Pisces conjunct sheet the fixed star, and that can mm -hmm. be a long dark night of the soul. You know, there I can see what where that could. Um, you know, these things could magnify, but of course, the divine grace, which is woven right into, as my friend says, who's an engineer scientist, he's like, in every problem, the solution is already woven in to the very problem. So it's it's mm -hmm. like you said, it's non-dual, that there is no outside this, it's like it's all part of the same ball of wax. Absolutely. And then we get into what what's a problem? When somebody's losing what is their a identity, they're they're when they're saying I'm going crazy or I'm That's depressed, it. it's like depression. What is that spiritual aspect of depression? What so many people suffer from? 
Like, what is it? Yes. But 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 what the, the word problem is is a label, isn't it? Yeah. It's a problem I mean, according to whom, from the perspective of 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 the entire whole of what your engineer was talking about. The, or, the solution or, is woven in because a problem is only from a particular perception. Right. So maybe and I should say suffering instead. Like we have so many people, millions and millions of people suffering from, you mm -hmm. know, mental yes. illness or just right. depression. We'll just talk about it exactly. as depression. Exactly. And yes. Depression. Yes. And the depression is something that, um, again, this worthy inquiry of, you know, whether one decide, whether one becomes a spiritual seeker or begins this spiritual inquiry process, that's also not up to the individual. That's something that happens in the life. It's one's destiny to, as a child, be a seeker, to look around or to be interested in spirituality or Christianity or astrology. So that's one's destiny. So I lost my train of thought there, but thinking about the worthy inquiry of of the spirit and um this not thinking so much extreme with the opioid opioid crises or mental illness but in general this sort of um uh you know this how you want to say developed nations or materialistic nations that there's this uh, epidemic of depression because yes. of existential suffering. Yes. And what one what what we what we kind of know in in our hearts, but we don't know how to get out of it is that all of the things that were being and you know this that 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 are being sold to us in the media or in the culture. Culture is very important to think about and that's one of the things that I really appreciated about Andrea Michelle's work with series the asteroid goddess series of being of culture very important to look at the culture what is the culture telling us that is supposed to be happiness what is supposed to be happy whether it's getting the nice relationship or the new car or having a better job or even a fat retirement or even physical health everything so what happens is the culture can create a striving, a striving that is not necessarily organic to the, to the individual body, mind, organism. It's something that is, can be put upon. And so then the seeking begins to strive, but there is a constant unfulfillment or it's a fleeting fulfillment. And there's a part of the self, the soul that knows that and becomes deeply unhappy of being sold a, a faulty bill of goods. The soul knows the truth. Yes, exactly. And so sometimes it gets so incredibly painful that perhaps one has to leave their marriage or their job or they have a health crisis or even just everything, as you know, you and I talked about, everything is lost or even when not everything is lost and you're living in a castle or something like that, the soul is so deeply unhappy that we get to the point where there is nothing that can feed that ache and fill that hole. Nothing, not even the seeming answer to the prayer, not even the great relationship. Anything that comes in isn't really it. 
Yeah. It can't be in that frame of thinking. Yeah, it's 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 um what we call in uh in Sanskrit and in non-dual practices, neti neti, not this, not this, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. The minute that you label it, it's not that, it's not that. Because all of those things are impermanent. They are part of the Maya that's arising or the Leela, the game. So that the the true heart knows that and it is looking to realize that which is never not here. It's not a job or a relationship or a sexy body or any of that. It is craving something that is ever, ever present. Craving that's, 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 that's the ultimate. Never lost. Yeah. It's, it's um, we say the double negative the never not here, because if we say it's always here, then it creates, well, what is it when that's not around? So it's never not here. It's, it's the absence right. of the absence of presence. Yeah. The absence, the absence of, of the absence, absence of presence. Oh, that's such a deep rabbit. Oh my God. So when you were in your, in your book, you, you have many, many stories of, well, all your books, um, when did you discover this or like how how was that for you your long dark night of the soul what mm -hmm. what happened to you can you maybe share a little bit about that sure i mean the long dark night of the soul um there there have been a few in my life but the one that i i feel like is pertinent to this particular conversation is this this scrambling of seeking of trying so many different things to feel um peace I wouldn't even say happiness. I would say just peace would be enough, right? Yes. There was so much self-hatred, but there was not just internal self-hatred. It was hatred of the world, hatred of existence, hatred of the fact that there was just um, anything outside of the self. There, Like I said, there was something that knew that everything was fleeting, okay? And the only thing that I knew that I could do, and this is very strong language, and I understand that. I just want to give that little disclaimer, and this is kind of all in this Truth Seeker book. Mm. I was this. I was ready to die, not suicidal, but existentially. I, there's, I couldn't face another day. So I was ready to die a spiritual death. And I knew that the place that I could do that for myself was to return to India for this second round. I had come back after six months. I had started another career as an astrology writer, producer, and so forth. And then I decided I had to go back for this time with a one-way ticket. And that was my symbolic dive off the cliff. I will be a renunciate wanderer and wow. see what the life brings me. I will sort of live as if I'm already dead. And mm. um, I was, there was still the attempt, little, little futile attempts to try, okay, maybe another meditation or yoga or uh, another boyfriend or whatnot. And uh, by the grace of the divine, I, I, I mean, this is, this is all in the, you know, I don't want to give too much away because this is in the book yeah yeah but, I, yeah the I, book hope is to, I hope that folks read it because but I don't yeah. want to give a spoiler but, right, the, right. but the short version is I I met a person that introduced me to 
to non-duality, to Advaita Vedanta in the lineage of Ramana Maharshi. And I had not heard, I had practiced Buddhism or Vipassana and yoga, of course, but I had not heard about this level of surrender or the, the, the possibility that, that all is the self. Okay, all is the self. It's kind of like one one way to put it, and this is really dumbing it down, but we could just say almost like Advaita is sort of like the Hindu version of Zen in a way of Zen Buddhism. We could go there a little bit just for anybody who wants a reference point. But it was such a revelation to me that I wasn't I wasn't responsible for this level of pain that I wasn't making this happen. I had thought that this was all my un, my own doing. I had done everything. I had spent years in therapy, recovery, uh, creative workshops, um, you know, you name it, and everything, business. I had done everything to come out of this dark night of the soul, this existential suffering, and nothing was working. I was deeply unhappy and primarily the number one thing, and I think we all have our one particular rub, for me was the failure of being in any sort of room. I couldn't make a relationship work for the life of me. I was miserable, whether the person was a, a great person or, you know, a, picked a, not a winner or whatever. In relationship, I couldn't, I, I it just was always a problem. It was mm -hmm. deep. I was deeply unhappy in relationship because you kept looking even though I was doing all the right things you know so um so when I was introduced to this this I wouldn't say path but Advaita as a as a perennial teaching as a living wisdom um I I wasn't interested in any form of a guru <laughs> I had I was I had an allergy to that and yet I, I, I also was sort of intrigued because it seemed like this person that I met was free and had peace. And it was really pissing me off. Wow. It's not like you didn't say, oh, I want that. It was actually a confront. I wanted it, but I was frustrated because he was also way younger than I was and hadn't, you know, and I had done all this work. And I just couldn't, I thought, I want that, but, I, I, you know, how to get it, whatever. And the I, the paradox, as you know, of, you know, even the seeking has to be dropped. The mm. desire for awakening also needs to go. So there's a real paradox here. Wow. The seeking, yeah. yeah. That, that whole, Does that make sense? Yeah. And the seeker is the suffering. The seeking is. That's the, right. Is, oof. That's like, I think about all the when you know, the years when I lived in Sedona and I, you know, it's well, world famous for seekers as, as are many places, including, of course, India. And, you know, seeing all that and, and seeing and that grasping on the outside, but that I had been in there and I know that terrain very well. But then there was a point in my life that I got to where I'm like, oh, and I, I just saw everything differently. And. And it's like, hmm. there's no judgment about it at all. It's like, yeah, none of it means anything. It just, it just is what it is. And yeah. Yeah. It's meaningful as long as it lasts. The seeking is meaningful as long as it lasts. The but eventually what we also find out 
is, you know, remember that game at the um, amusement park, the whack-a-mole, where the little gophers pop up and you take the sledgehammer and you try to oh, hit the, the gophers. Yeah. Right. So, so there's the latest, uh, this, the latest solution to my suffering. Okay. I'm going to do this crystal workshop and now I'm going to do a sound healing and now I'm going to go meditate and now I'm going to do yoga and da, da, da. but then these gophers keep popping up of like, it's not it. It's not it. So the whole enchilada has to go the whole thing. The whole mechanism of seeking, of, yes, of taking that thing right. and hammering. It's like, no, don't hammer. Don't. <laughs> yes. Or we have the other alternative of folks that create a spiritual, another spiritual persona where everything is love and light and it's all good. And then we have the spiritual bypass, which is another trap in itself. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the irony, I, that, and I know too. that you're very connected in the moment to Kali Ma, right? is to embrace everything, everything, yeah. even the worst. Even the worst. It's even great. the worst. It all is here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so just to, you know, kind of a long answer to your question of what happened. So I, I, I was introduced to this possibility of freedom. And then at the, the irony of it is that even that desire for freedom had to go. Yeah. Wow. Or the paradox, yeah. the desire for freedom had to go. And the, yeah, the paradox. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I could talk to you for hours. But um, yeah, we maybe we, we have to do another schedule another, but yeah, I, sure, I think yeah. certainly open the door here, and um, I, I I just I can't wait to delve into the rest of the books and uh, you know and, and all of it all of it you know um, but because what I've read so far was just so um, captivating you know to me and it, I think it awakened something in my soul probably a lot of past life connection and. Mm -hmm. recognizing the truth and stepping out of this workaday world matrix so i'm really grateful for what you're bringing here with with your books and certainly even if people find this video long after sad season has passed there's these are eternal mysteries and eternal mm -hmm. truths that have been around you know forever and no matter where and when we might find this little podcast and <laughs> what I'm doing, um, it, huh? you know, certainly stretches way beyond such season, but it's, it's something, it's a part of who we all are, that eternal part of ourselves, our spirit soul, as, as Anna Milenboss would say, our spirit soul. Mm -hmm. Very heady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very heady. Yes. Our spirit soul. Mm -hmm. is, is there anything you want to say wrapping up like that you might want to, that comes to you, anything in your heart that to share with, with uh, any of us? Yeah. Follow, follow that, follow that call, follow the call. No matter what, the call. no matter how uncomfortable Absolutely. it might upset other people's feathers, mm -hmm. ruffle the feather, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's right. And be willing to <laughs> be willing to leave everything 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 and every everything every concept everyone be willing to leave it all there's a phrase i think it's from christianity which is uh, from jesus actually of leave everything and follow me and leave everything and follow me and really what does that mean it's not necessarily about following one particular teacher or master but it's about the fact of 
the freedom that is found when there is nothing left to lose. It's sort of like we can go back to Janis Joplin, right? <laughs> freedom is just another word. Right. <laughs> nothing left to lose. Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's yeah. it's worthy. It's worthy. It's it's the willingness, the mm-hmm. willingness to lose everything in order to experience real freedom and not be bound by the chains of culture, materialism, and all of that. And that doesn't mean, as you well know, that I'm sure you know that that when one is um, 100% surrendered to whatever is arising in the life, but no, no, there's no such thing as compromise there. 100% surrendered to whatever is here. Um, one may very well have great material prosperity it doesn't mean that that one has to be a renunciate. It's an inside job, right? Right. Yeah. Inside job. And, so and- I guess that the main thing I'll just say is again, is just to heed the call. It's a worthy call. And um the seeking will last as long as it lasts. And eventually one day it will stop and there will be peace. And how fitting with our South Node in Scorpio, too. Like just let go just let go and transfer and or and or just a tiny little subtle difference this is again when we when we remove the idea of the um individual volition or doership so we we would ask ourselves who is it that's letting go Mm. because if we stay just if we say just let go or just surrender there's still an egoic person or involvement there so one bridge to that is to allow it 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 is be it is being lifted it is being lifted it is being lifted yes Yes. i love that it's very eckhart tolle-ish you know because he yeah because otherwise what we do is we're reinforcing involvement right even the subtlest involvement of letting go right <laughs> give you a trap <laughs> no way out when you're looking at it there's no way out right that's, that's freedom and bondage that i was that's talking it. about and that's life you know the death it has to death has to occur that complete that's right before yes. the life comes yes, yes. And and that, that's, that's the cosmic joke talking about death <laughs> The what? What was that? I said, and then I get excited because we start talking about that. Yeah, I know when my mother died. I'll just say this in wrapping up. When my mother passed and and I came home and I was watering my garden and I'm like, wow, you know, this whole death thing, what a scam. What a scam this is. What a lie. You know, I was mm. never so present to life as when my beloved mother passed. And, oh, it was like, this is a total lie. This is a, and all the Hollywood with these horror films and this gory death horror, you know, scary fear, like, oh, blood and gore. I'm like, it's just, what? wow. It just, it just blew me away. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. We are never closer to life than we are. Keep, that's why I keep death as a friend. Very close. Yeah, it, it really is. I just want to take this moment to say thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's a very special podcast. I love the guests that you bring and the heart that you bring and the generosity that you bring and your love. It really shines through. Thank you. Oh, 
Now I'm getting wet. Wet eyes again. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's a work in progress. I'm I'm a work in progress, but um, all I have to do is just keep showing up and however I am, you know, teary-eyed or whatever, you know, just like my heart, I, I'm unravel. I'm still unraveling a lot. So I, I yeah, and you know, guys, it's a work in progress and, and I have no great transgender activist kate bornstein she she has said you know if you know what you're doing don't do it <laughs> I oh that. i love that yeah yeah you know that's really great yeah so i'm gonna I think I'm, beginner's mind as you mentioned yeah beginner's mind yeah only no only don't know that's another slogan there you go only don't know yeah it's another way of saying it so that's what I want to leave everybody with today on this podcast. You know? <laughs> never, never not knowing, and yeah, never not here. Never, never not here. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful, and I'm sure this will be the mo one, you know, more to come with with you. I would love to just keep this conversation open and growing and just just see where it goes and be in that unknown just to continue that so i'm so grateful that you 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 know um that i can go there with you really wonderful Me too thank you so much and so again i'm, I'm going to put it in the comment section below um erinreese.com you're also on substack right substack yes that's a really good way to to follow uh my work and i write regularly or post uh things also about my books and other writing and music and things like that but cool. uh yeah and the books are on amazon and the books are on amazon yay oh i'm so excited yay congratulations on all those books and thank the newest you so album. much thank you yeah all right and so um I hope that everybody has a great Thanksgiving week. I know these are rich episodes and I, I, I hope that you enjoy them um, and relish them as much as we do all those beautiful, uh, the food on our table and everything that we're grateful for. And so um, we will see you next time. And this is Irliana Samsara, Erin Reese of erinreese.com and Bindi Girl 1, Bindi Girl 2 and Truth Seeker, those three books, recommended reading. And um, we will see you all soon. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste. All right.